This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I'm going to be doing my movie review for the 1996 horror film starring Michael J. Fox, The Frighteners. This movie is actually really good. I really enjoy this film for what it is. It has some cheesiness to it, but it's actually good for a 1996 type of movie. And not only that, but we're only a day away from Halloween, so I figured this would be a good time to actually start almost wrapping up our horror movie travaganza. And... I just want to say thank you guys for actually supporting me during this whole entire time with Halloween and just listening to all the horror movie reviews that we've actually done. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead and get in with this review. So, this movie was actually directed by Peter Jackson. It was produced by Peter Jackson and written by Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson. So, get this. they The studios actually wanted them to actually to collaborate together and try and come up with something. As a matter of fact, this was supposed to be a spinoff of the Tales from the Crypt TV series. And then it didn't quite work out that way or anything like that. So they actually rushed production to get this movie out into theaters. And I don't think it was, I don't think it was received well from movie goer experience, going goers or anything like that, or from movie critics in itself. But I I really like it. I really like this film. I had a blast even re-watching this film recently, last weekend. And Michael J. Fox does a really good job at playing something that's actually totally different outside of his warehouse than what we normally see him in in the, 19, in the 90s. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, because if you actually think about it, in the 90s, all Michael J. Fox was pretty much playing in was either chick flicks and a few comedies here and there, and that was it. So... To see him play a paranormal investigator that's actually down on his luck and trying to hustle people out of their money so that way they he can get some money so that way he can actually keep the lights on at his house and everything, I thought that was really cool. But another thing, though, too, is I really like the fact that Danny Elfman is actually one of the people that actually does the score for this movie. As a matter of fact, you couldn't even go into a movie theater or turn on the TV without Danny Elfman being the person... To, that is behind the whole entire score of a soundtrack or anything like that. Because if you look at Edward Scissorhands, you look at Men in Black, you look at those movies, and even for that matter, even with Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, you know, he was always the person that you would actually go to whenever you're trying to do a hard-based movie. And that's exactly what he does. He actually brings that Danny Elfamisms, that's what I'm actually going to be calling it, into um the whole entire movie universe and stuff like that and i love whenever they actually do that and actually feels that whole entire spookiness of the movie so anyways when this movie actually opens up you actually get to see the cemetery scene where michael j fox is trying to advertise his business as a being a psych uh psychic and that he can actually see the dead and things like that 
And then, you know, they're not really listening to him or paying attention to him. So he winds up walking off. And then, of course, you know, he winds up crashing into this other guy's fence and everything while he's driving. And then that's when he decides that he's going to try to hustle this guy out of his money. And what he does is he gets these ghosts that he can actually see. Yes, he can actually see ghosts. And that's what makes it even more funny is the fact that he can actually see ghosts. And, you know... The two ghosts winds up terrorizing this douchebag guy that Michael J. Fox is actually trying to hustle money out of. And then also, too, his wife is also caught in the crossfire of that as well. But you actually get to see the um, bed levitate. You actually get to see dishes fly all over the place. You actually get to see a bunch of other stuff that winds up happening that Poker Geist actually does. And his wife's even saying, you need to call... Michael J. Fox's character and tell him tell him to come over because he needs to uh, get rid of these ghosts. And I love how he plays into it because you're actually eating your stuffing your face with popcorn, and he's actually going around with this little small camera. He goes, "Oh yeah, this is really bad. This is really bad. You got psychokinesis going on around here." And then he goes, "Okay, what I'm gonna do is he gets this thing that looks like a microwave, right? And he puts it on the counter." And all of a sudden, you see uh, the thing, he winds up winds up shaking a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it, it looks like, and get this, it, the way that it actually this actually happens sounds like a toaster. All of a sudden, it goes, ding! And this little bag that's supposed to be a representation of what the ghosts are, like ashes or something. But the funny thing is, too, he also has a water gun. And it actually looks like a real gun, but it's not. It's actually a water gun. And... He's spraying around the house. It's supposed to be holy water. And so anyways, you know, I really liked how he actually played into that. And then whenever he gets the little bag, he winds up trying to throw it in the sink and everything. And he does because they don't want to even touch the touch the little bag or anything like that. And so, you know, the douchebag boyfriend is like, okay, get your stuff out of here and everything. I'm totally done with you at that point. So I really love how... The chemistry is... The balance just works out in that whole entire scene with Michael J. Fox and the douchebag. And then, of course, there's actually a number carved into his head. And he's thinking that the ghost that he had that um, that has him stalking this family that is... At, well, this husband and wife trying to hustle them out of their money. He, they th- he thinks that they were the ones who actually carved the number into his head, which is like, I think, at 34... And they don't even have a clue at the fact that what's going on. And that just sets the tone for what's about to happen later on. Especially when we actually get introduced into Gary Busey's son's uh, character as well. And let me just tell you this. I thought that what Gary Busey's son's di- uh, son did was really good. And matter of fact, he plays Johnny Charles in this movie. And... Another thing, though, too, is I'm just going to call this guy Dr. Douche, Douche's wife. Uh, matter of fact, he's just Dr. Douche's husband. Uh, so, anyways, um, the wife is actually a doctor who's trying to take care of psychiatric people and things like that. And she just moved into this town. Her and her husband both did. and But he's still a douchebag no matter which way you actually put it. Because he thinks he's all high and mighty. He's all into himself and things like that. You can actually tell that he thinks that he's better than everybody. But anyways, um, the the doctor, the wife, 
thinks that this girl is actually, this woman is actually being abused by her mother because she sees a bunch of bruises on her and things like that. So there's a little bit of a mystery element as to what was happening. And then come to find out that she was actually the girl, that girl, the daughter uh, and everything was actually in fact infatuated with Gary Busey's character, Johnny, who actually happens to be an orderly at that mental institution. And come to find out he was actually a serial killer. She winds up falling in love with him. And even though she was 16 years old, they still went on ahead and trialed her as an adult. And then, of course, Johnny winds up dying later on. And then, of course, you know, like I said, with the numbers and everything, that just sets the tone for what's about to happen. The whole entire plot line is about to actually unfold at that point. Even though we don't see it unfolding yet, but we can see starting to see a little bit of a pattern because as he's going through different people's places and everything, or when he's walking down the street, he's seeing the number, different numbers being carved into other people's heads and he's wondering what's going on. And then all of a sudden he sees what looks like a Grim Reaper and basically the Grim Reaper is marking down everybody's um has a number pretty much everybody has a number and everything and once that grim reaper finds you and, and everything he's going to kill you so basically he's thinking it's death taking on taking these people out and that's what's causing this whole entire thing but then he discovers later on in the film that it's actually johnny who actually comes back from the dead to actually um uh, kill people and to uh, get his numbers back up because I think he started up uh, matter of fact I want to say that he ended up stopping at like number 13 or 23 or something like that and then he just wants to keep building to that number so every single time when he would actually get past a certain number he would actually go on ahead and carve his name his uh, next number into the next victim and he actually takes pride in that but I like how dangerous uh, Johnny's character is in this film because of the fact that you know you think that ghosts won't be able to kill other ghosts or anything like that and things like that there's a little bit of a supernatural element into this whole entire thing and then you know Michael J. Fox's character is trying to go ahead and get these two ghosts to fight Johnny's character. As a matter of fact, the name of Michael J. Fox's character is named Frank Bannister. And Frank is actually trying to get these ghosts to actually slow down uh, Johnny and everything and try and tackle him down, try and do anything they can in their power to actually go ahead and get rid of Johnny. And at first you actually think that he they actually do, and then all of a sudden... Um, he winds up killing one of the ghosts, and he matter of fact, he killed the other two ghosts that usually helps him hustling other people. And then you realize that how is he gonna? Then all of a sudden, you start questioning how is he gonna end up trying to protect people that he cares about when there's a supernatural element involved in this thing, and the only way to actually fight some something like that is if you're dead. Not only that, but then you also have to think of it like this. Douchebag dies. Johnny kills the douchebag husband. And I love this scene. This scene always makes me laugh. Because 
uh, Frank has dinner with his wife and he and she's wondering what he did with the money and things like that and he's like so he asked Frank um so anyway she winds up asking Frank is he still there he goes no he left and he's sitting right there next to him and everything calling him an asshole everything else in the book and things like that and then you know Frank decides he's going to go out and use the bathroom and everything go to the bathroom and everything and then he sees the number carved into the guy this guy's head and then he all of a sudden he sees the Grim Reaper again, which is Johnny, and he winds up taking him and killing him. And then he all of a sudden you see a, a light that flow, uh, a light, and it brings him up to heaven. So I definitely love the visual effects for this movie. It may not have pulled out, held up and everything now compared to where we are now, but I really love the effects as to the Grim Reaper part. I really like the whole entire thing, execution of when someone dies to go up to heaven. And then, of course, you also have somebody else that's actually a little bit creepy in this movie. As a matter of fact, he's a lot creepy because of the fact that he's an FBI agent. This agent and everything is over there stalking the, uh, Frank and also trying to bring Frank down and try to arrest him because they think that he was actually involved in that guy's death. And then, of course, he winds up Frank winds up going to this one museum where this newspaper... This woman who uh, who's in charge of the newspaper was there, and there's a number carved in her head, and he goes, "Well, you're next," and there, that's also bad timing because now the cops actually think that he, she's he's threatening her, and everything, and the next thing you know, it she winds up dying, and every, all these deaths don't even look like, in fact, look like murders. They actually look like heart attacks instead of murders and everything but all their internal arteries and everything else looks fine so I like how they actually play off of that but then you also have to go on ahead and talk about the girl that's actually infatuated with Johnny and stuff like that because she does play a perfect part where she actually does feel like the victim in this thing where it looks like the mother's abusing her it looks like that she's taking a, a hell of a beating it looks like and all of a sudden, it does a three it switches, where all of a sudden, she's no longer the victim, or anything like that. The mother was actually the victim, because she knows her daughter better than anybody else does. And we were actually showing, get this, when we were first introduced to her character, we were actually feeling sorry for her. Maybe her mother is kind of abusive. Maybe she is overprotective. Maybe she's overbearing. Maybe she's a lot of things. And then as it plays out, it turns out that she's been helping Johnny all along to gather these uh, victims and everything. So I really like how they played into that. Then, of course, I like another thing that actually happens where Michael J. Fox actually has to slow down his heart rate so he can go take down Johnny. And basically, he thought the only way that he could actually go ahead and um, be a ghost is if he went on ahead and killed himself. But the doctor said, no, I got a better idea. She gives him something to actually slow down his heart rate so where he would actually die and there's actually a 50-50 chance that she could bring him back and or he would wind up still being dead. And I liked how he was able to go ahead and try and take him down and everything as a ghost. And I like how they actually played into that. I thought that was really good and believable and then of course when she winds up finally getting his heart rate back up again he winds up 
being uh he winds up being back to where he was but all in all this film is a lot of fun i had a lot of fun re-watching this film again i know i might have skipped a, f a few things in this movie but it's very enjoyable i have to say i had a blast watching this movie and then also too um when johnny is actually gonna get judged for the things that he does I thought the CGI in this movie was horrible when it came down to his judgment and when it came down to him and his girlfriend and their judgment and everything because I thought the CGI was horrible and you can definitely tell that that was bad CGI back then because some aspects work, some aspects don't work whenever it comes down to that CGI stuff for the visual effects but other than that though, you're going to end up having a lot of fun just watching Michael J. Fox trying to hustle people out of money. The chemistry between uh, douchebags, uh, wife, and him works out. All these actors actually feels like they're in a movie together and they are acting their asses off. Rather than being in a horrible movie, which they are, but they're making the best of it. And the fact that they are making the best of it makes you feel all that more included into this story because of the fact that you actually care about these characters you're actually curious about what's going to happen with these characters and then you're actually being glued into it now will i go out and say this is like the best movie or anything like that probably not but if you're just looking for a popcorn filled time stuffing your face with popcorn watching michael j fox do something a little bit different out of the normal then this film is definitely for you i definitely would recommend checking this out you can actually stream this on uh hbo max right now and have a good time with it then of course uh there's actually one more thing i wanted to actually mention too that i really liked i liked the whole entire thing that you know with uh gary Busey's son which is johnny i like the fact that they played into the narrative of of his ashes being a gateway between the living and also the, uh, between the living and the dead so I actually like how they actually played into that and like I said I know that I might be uh, talking in different scenes and stuff like that and I'm not actually giving you a scene by scene like I normally do but I just wanted to do something a little bit different a little bit fun and see what you guys actually think about this rather than me doing scene by scene but tell me what you guys think about that do you like whenever I go scene by scene or not go by scene by scene because that's something I'm kind of curious about, about how I actually want to take uh, the movie reviews whenever I'm doing it by myself. Because if you like it going by scene by scene, I'll be glad to do that and everything. So tell me what you guys think about that. So before I actually close out for this episode, I just want to say a big thank you to Christopher Stevens and also to Charlie Wildman for actually donating towards the show with our GoFundMe page. And I just want to say thank you guys for supporting me, supporting the page. You guys are awesome. You guys are the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing and everything. And I'm very thankful for all the fans that I actually have, everybody that's listening, all the followers I have. Thank you so much. And also, too, if you guys want to donate towards the show, you guys don't have to. But if you guys choose to do so, we do have a GoFundMe page. It's called um, GoFundMe.com slash MovieLoversUnite. You guys can go there and donate towards the show. Or you guys can go on ahead and donate another way, which is BuyMeACoffee.com slash MovieLovers. 
you can donate towards that way. We also have a Patreon now where we're going to start doing our documentary series pretty soon. We're going to do, if it's, it depends on how I'm going to do it. I think that we're just going to do one episode of a documentary series. And we're going to have it on the regular podcast. But we're actually going to probably put the Eli Roth's documentary up up there since Halloween's almost over with. We're going to go on ahead and have that as part of the Patreon. That's actually going to be part of the $10 tier, $5 tier we have where it's going to be classic movies. And matter of fact, our first classic film that we're going to review and everything is Caesar. Uh, so if you're into gangster films, we're going to be reviewing that. And then we also have a $20 tier where you guys can actually get all of that for $20. And of course, you guys would actually get a big shout out at the end of the, or at the beginning of each episode and stuff like that as well for actually subscribing to our Patreon. So we have that. We also have a place where you can actually go for all your entertainment needs and wants and all your movie news. And that is www.movieloversunite.com. And, of course, you guys can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, on our Facebook page. And you can also follow us at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. You can follow me at John DiGiorgio8. You can also follow me at Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite on, on Instagram as well. Then, of course, you guys can go ahead and follow us on Pinterest because we actually have a Pinterest page as well for our podcast and also too we do a lot of different things there we post different memes for people for that are that's movie related and things like that so just go on ahead follow us at movie lovers tv lovers unite over there and tomorrow night guys don't forget seven o'clock p.m central time eight o'clock eastern time creighton hobbs is actually going to be on the movie lovers unites youtube channel it's going to be a live stream going ahead Send in some questions to us about what you guys think about the movie. As a matter of fact, I'm actually going to have that in the description where you guys can actually watch the short film that was released today. It's only a 17-minute film, so you guys will be able to go on ahead, stuff your face with some popcorn, go ahead and email us at movieloversunite at gmail.com if you guys want to go ahead and send in questions that way. Or just go ahead and wait until the show starts and you guys can actually be part of the live conversation and everything and can interrupt the show by asking us a question, and we'll answer it right then and there on the show. So, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. Go ahead, check that out. Always until next time, guys. Thank you for supporting the channel. And, and of course, stay safe during this Halloween. Don't drink and drive. Always until next time. Bye-bye.